Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. This one is a good one. I've been doing the YouTube thing for a couple months now, and this video by far is my most popular video, and I feel like it's a topic that maybe doesn't get enough attention, and maybe that's why people were so interested in it, but basically it combines intermittent fasting with hormonal balance, and I have really gotten to this intermittent fasting stuff because I think... I have heard a lot of the pros and a lot of the cons, and I got to the point where I was totally confused about what to think, so kind of went down my own rabbit hole figuring out if it was something that I personally wanted to try, if it was something I would recommend to our clients, and ultimately what I decided is that if you are in this perimetopause phase, you know, you're 35, 40, early 40s, 45, somewhere in there, I think it's really important to consider your hormones if you decide to try this intermittent fasting stuff because intermittent fasting can be great for so, so many reasons. I know it's super hot right now, but honestly, like fasting, intermittent fasting has been around for a million years now and it's something or it's a tool that you can use as far as your health goals go, your weight loss goals, your fat loss goals, all that. And it can be really helpful for somebody as far as implementing a type of restriction into their diet in the sense that Okay, so when it comes to you know fat loss, losing weight, things like that, there are basically three types of restriction. There's calorie restriction, which I think is a typical diet. There's time restriction, which could be intermittent fasting or something like that. And then there's food restriction, like where you cut out specific groups or something like that. So keto, Whole30, paleo, um, there's a million diets out there. So I really think it depends what restriction will best work for you. So when I was looking at going into a quote unquote fat loss phase, this time restriction made the most sense for me, just how I live my lifestyle. You know, (laughs) I don't like restricting food. I don't like being hungry. And I also know what under eating can do for your metabolism, your hormone, your thyroid, et cetera, et cetera. So I was very attracted to this intermittent fasting stuff. So anyways, getting to my point here, if you are somebody who is in this weird kind of perimetopause phase where you still have a cycle, you still have an okay amount of hormones, they've probably slowed down a little bit, um, I think it's important to pair that fasting with your hormones. So this episode is all about how to do that to really maximize those intermittent fasting windows while optimizing your hormones because too much of a good thing when it comes to fasting can be really stressful on the body. So excited for you guys to listen into this. (laughs) I feel like that was kind of a ramble. And then I also wanted to give a shout out to one of my favorite products. And if you have, or brands that has a few of my favorite products, but if you've been following me on Instagram stories, I share my meals. And one thing that I've been really loving are these Lily Q barbecue sauces and I am all about simplicity when it comes to eating. It's something I personally practice and share with our clients again and again. Um, Basically, my framework right now, especially during the holidays, is getting some sort of protein, getting some sort of fiber in my meal, depending, you know, whether it's 
beans or lentils or vegetables or potatoes or squashes or whatever it is, whatever fiber it is paired with my protein. And then I add some Lily Q's barbecue sauce. Like I just love it. I think it's so delicious. And honestly, I just found it on my own. Um, I first tried their gold barbecue sauce. I think that was the first one that I tried. Um, or maybe it's a Carolina barbecue sauce. They have a bunch. They have a bunch of good flavors. Those are definitely my favorites. I also like the ENC, North Carolina barbecue sauce. But anyways, I found this on my own and then just started tagging the brand <laughs> and then kept tagging them. And eventually they reached out and they wanted to work with me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but I love this stuff. Like I said, they didn't find me. I found them. And I just think it's really, really good barbecue sauce. And it's made with clean ingredients. It's good, healthy stuff, especially the ones that I mentioned. And it's just tasty. It just kind of completes the meal as far as adding some flavor to it. And I use like different barbecues depending on, you know, what my, my, I don't know what my tastes are that day. So I really kind of mix it up. Um, but those three are my favorites. I use them again and again. And I really do think it kind of does like complete the meal. So if you're somebody that's into barbecue sauce, I would definitely check it out. Good for so many things. Um, I mix it with vegetables, potatoes, squashes, chicken, put it on fish, um, put it on my beans. It literally goes on everything, but it is so, so good. And if you're somebody who's looking for just a delicious, relatively low calorie condiment to go on your meals to make mealtime easier, I would definitely check it out. And like I said, <laughs> now they want to work with me. I was really happy about that. And they offered me a discount code. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you guys want to try this stuff, you can save 15% using carrots and cake 15 at checkout. It will save you 15% on your order. And I think it is totally worth it. Buy a whole bunch, stock up on them. Um, you can find their products in some Whole Foods. There was a local store near us that was carrying it. I feel like it's kind of, I mean, maybe in regular grocery stores too, but there you can find them elsewhere. Um, I just think ordering stuff online and having it delivered to my house is really easy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can save 15%. But anyways, wanted to give them a shout out. Um, I'm going to stop rambling. This is way more than I wanted to say at the start of this podcast, but I hope you enjoyed this or I hope you enjoy this episode. And I also have a great freebie if you are interested in intermittent fasting while keeping your hormones in mind. And it's basically a cheat sheet. Um, I go into all the details in this episode, like how to do it, what to think about, why you're doing it. But the cheat sheet just lays it out nice and neat when to fast, when not to fast, when limit, when to limit your fast. And then there's also a couple details about how to coordinate your workouts around your fasting and your hormones and all that. So it's a really helpful resource. It's totally free. I honestly put it together because I just wanted to make sense of all the different people pieces and whatnot. Um, so yeah, check it out, try it out. Like I said, just sign up. It'll be delivered right to your inbox. And yeah, if you end up trying this intermittent fasting stuff with your hormones in mind, let me know how it goes, how you're feeling. Um, I've been doing it for, I don't know, like two or three months now, and I'm, I'm definitely into it. I feel really good. I have good energy, um, good motivation. My workouts have been really good. Um, body composition changes are happening. Um, you know, not, not quickly. I'm not a fan of the, the quick changes, um, but they're happening for sure. I definitely getting stronger and a little bit more toned as they say. Okay, guys, I'm done rambling. I hope you enjoy this episode and happy holidays. In this video, I'm going to talk about some hacks 
for intermittent fasting and optimizing your hormonal balance. Intermittent fasting is so hot right now. And I feel like it's a hot topic because some people either really love it or they hear the negative parts about it and what it can do to your hormones. So in this video, I'm going to talk all about how to optimize fasting with some hacks and how to make sure you are supporting your hormonal balance as well. Hello, I am Tina Hoppert. I am the woman behind the Carrots and Cake brand. Carrots and Cake is all about having your carrots and cake too. It is very much an 80-20 approach to nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, life in general. And on this channel, you are gonna hear me talk about weight loss and fat loss, changing your body composition, hormonal balance, minerals, strength training, fitness, and so much more. So be sure to subscribe so you are up to date about when I release a new video. Okay, so let's jump right into this topic. Like I was saying, intermittent fasting, so hot right now. <laughs> I feel like everybody is talking about it and there are a lot of benefits. I mean, obviously a lot of people use it as far as fat loss goes because it's just kind of a natural way to restrict your calories or at least put them in a shorter eating window. It can help as far as making your body a little bit more sensitive to insulin and that insulin response. Um, there's a lot of good things about intermittent fasting, but it can also be really stressful on the body. And if you are a woman who is still menstruating, you're still getting your period every single month, adding too much fasting into your daily life can actually be really harmful and can mess up your hormones. And I have worked with a number of women over the years where fasting initially helped and then it led to all sorts of hormonal imbalances, metabolism issues, and the women just not feeling their best. So I'm gonna get into some hacks and some details about really optimizing your cycle and what you're doing with the fasting because I think a lot of times women think there's just one way to lose weight or one thing is gonna be the magic bullet that's gonna help them lose weight. And I think that's kind of where fasting has come in that if you do this intermittent fasting thing, you are automatically going to lose weight. And I don't think it happens that way all the time. Sure, it can absolutely help for some people, like if you have major blood sugar issues, metabolic issues, things like that, sure, I think it can be very, very helpful. But at the same time, I think if you are somebody who is active, you are exercising, you might have hormonal imbalance, something like that going on, adding in the fasting is just so much more stress on the body. And a lot of times it can lead you to undereat, and undereating is also very, very stressful on the body as far as hormonal balance goes. So there's a few things going on as far as this tactic when it comes to fat loss and being able to really optimize your hormones. So we'll get into those details. One thing I wanna point out about intermittent fasting is that it's just one tool or one way to change your body composition and lose weight. There are other ways to lose weight. I mean, obviously there's the typical diet, you know, calorie restriction, but there's other things as far as 
adding more strength training to your routine, eating more protein, eating more fiber, balancing your minerals, getting really in tune with your hormones and optimizing your hormonal imbalance. Because sure, if your hormones are out of whack, it's going to be a lot harder to lose weight. So I think a lot of times women think this is like the magical way to lose weight. And sure, intermittent fasting can be one of the things that you do to lose weight, but I don't think it should be the only thing that you focus on because you don't need to do it all month long as far as your cycle goes. And I really think paying attention to those different phases of your cycle and really optimizing that fasting window can make a lot of sense as far as how you were feeling and getting you the best results when it comes to your body composition. Because our bodies, they want to be in balance. They want to maintain that homeostasis. Like if there's a little push, you know, there's a little pull. You want to make sure things are in balance. And when you are adding in, in that intermittent fasting, it can be really helpful and beneficial, but at the same time, too much of it can be really harmful and negative. So I'm going to talk about how to do this exactly working with the each phases of your cycle. And when I'm talking about how to optimize your cycle, I'm speaking to a regular 28 day cycle. And that's what we go off of. But of course, your cycle might be two days longer, two days shorter. And of course, all of that is very, very normal. But when I'm talking, I'm talking about the traditional 28 day cycle that we hear about again and again. So when you're listening to these recommendations, if your cycle's longer or shorter, just adjust by however many days. And no, it's totally normal to have a cycle that's 30 days or 26 days, as long as it's coming pretty regularly. Um, but just wanted to point that out as I'm referring to the days of the cycle that it's based on that 28 day cycle. Okay, so let's start at the beginning here with the follicular phase. So the follicular phase is the first half of your cycle. It's typically days one through 10, and it's from the first day where you start to bleed of your period. And this is when hormones are really low and you know, estrogen is starting to climb. Eventually, you know, testosterone will climb a little bit too, but this is when hormones are at their lowest and could be a really good time to add in some of that intermittent fasting. So the traditional is the 16-8, so fasting up to 16 hours. I mean, of course, if you're used to fasting, you could maybe go longer, but this is where if you wanted to do this intermittent fasting, it would probably be the best time to do it. And when estrogen is building in the first half of that cycle, you want to keep your insulin down. So this might be a time where you've you're a little bit more moderate with your carbohydrate intake and carbohydrates, they're not bad. If you're somebody who is exercising on the regular, you need carbohydrates, they are good. But, but this first half of your cycle with estrogen slowly increasing, you might wanna be a little bit more moderate or focus on those good carbs that have fiber in them that digest a little bit more slowly or placing those carbohydrates around your workout so they are better utilized. So having carbs before your workout, having carbs after your workout, but basically you just want your estrogen to show up in the best way possible in that first half of the cycle. And like I was saying, this could be a good time from days one to 10 to add in that intermittent fasting. So go crazy. <laughs> enjoy your fast. Um, this could be a really good way to enhance your fat loss efforts by shortening your eating window and potentially reducing the number of calories you are consuming. You definitely don't need to use intermittent fasting that way, but you can if you wish. The next part of your cycle is known as ovulation. It's typically days 11 to 15, somewhere in there, but this is where your hormones are at their highest. So estrogen is peaking, testosterone is peaking. You're going to have that 
that progesterone spike, you know, once you have ovulated, but all of your hormones are high at this point. And when your hormones are high, especially estrogen, you want to lose it or use it and then lose it. So you want to use those hormones and then get them out of your system. You don't want them recycling back through. That's basically when you do have hormonal imbalance, you'll get some of those PMS symptoms, some of those terrible symptoms of ovulation. But my whole point is here that you really want to support your liver and gut because those are the ways that your body processes those hormones and gets them out. So during this time, you want to increase your intake of cruciferous vegetables, bitter vegetables, foods high in fiber. Um, so soluble fibers, beans, lentils, oats, those are very, very good. Pre and probiotic foods to support the gut. So high quality dairy could be good. Prebiotic foods like onions, fermented foods, things like that. Um, but those are going to be your go-to foods as far as really supporting the liver and gut. And then lifestyle wise, you know, you're going to probably want to avoid alcohol. I mean, alcohol, obviously your, your liver needs to process that alcohol before it's going to process those hormones. It's just another thing that your liver needs to deal with. Um, not having too much processed food, sugar, fast food, things like that. And of course, looking at your toxic load. Like what is your life like? Are you using um, good quality beauty products, cleaning products? Are you um, breathing in chemicals all day as far as like scented candles and drinking out of plastic bottles? There's so many chemicals that our bodies need to deal with. So that would be something I would look at. But remember, your liver needs to process all of this stuff. And if it needs to process all of this stuff, it's not easily processing out those hormones. So at ovulation, you really shouldn't feel badly. And if you are having a tough time at ovulation, I would definitely look at your diet, look at your lifestyle and try to clean it up a little bit because yeah, I mean, you should not feel terrible at this point. But as far as fasting goes, this is where you might want to limit fasting a little bit, just because this is the time that say you wanted to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it would happen. So if your body is super duper stressed, it's underfed, um, it's not ideal as far as a pregnancy goes. So with fasting, I would probably limit it to 13 to 15 hours, somewhere in there. You can do a little bit of fasting here if you like it. I just wouldn't do any sort of long fast. I wouldn't go over 16 hours or do a 24 hour fast or something like this because you really want to support your body and what it's doing at ovulation. Um, so you don't want to undereat and restrict and, you know, have that long window where you're not consuming any food. Next up is the time right after ovulation. So I would say it's days 16 to 19-ish, but this is where hormones temporarily drop a little bit. And fasting might be okay here. It really depends on the individual. So this could be a time where you try out a 16-8 window. Maybe you go more moderate with the 13 to 15 hour fasting window. Um, it's really kind of up to you. So you can try it out, feel it out, feel how, you know, figure out how you feel with it. Um, definitely pay attention to your biofeedback and how your body responds to that because yeah, it could be great, might not be great. <laughs> 
but try it out, see how you feel. So the last part of the cycle is called the luteal phase. It's from days 20 to right before your period starts. And this is a time that you probably want to limit the amount of fasting that you do. So sticking to 12 hours or less is probably good. What we tell our clients is, you know, you if you have dinner at seven o'clock at night, you'll have breakfast at seven o'clock the next morning. And that is a pretty good window for a lot of people. It gives your digestion a chance to rest and digest, but you know, you're not restricting so many calories. You don't have that long window. And in that second half of the cycle, you really want to support your progesterone. You want to make sure there's enough glucose in your diet to really give progesterone what it needs. And when I'm talking about glucose, you know, coming from good carbohydrates, those slow digesting carbohydrates. So fruits and roots, starches, squashes, potatoes, sweet potatoes, root veggies, carrots, beans, lentils, that type of stuff. Anything that has some fiber in it and it's more slow digesting. Because at this phase of our cycles, a lot of women, we tend to be a little bit more inward. We tend to slow down. It might be a time in our cycles where we're not craving high intensity exercise. We don't really want to lift heavy things. We might prefer yoga or walking or things like that. And all of that is okay. I mean, your body is preparing itself to go into you know, menstruation, another phase where it does require some energy. So it's okay to slow down and really nourish your body with these types of carbohydrates and restricting calories at this time can be really stressful. You might not actually be able to make as much progesterone. You know, you might not be able to support that progesterone. You actually make that progesterone at ovulation, but still you want to be able to support it. And this is a time where adding some of those carbohydrates in can be really good and not restricting the amount of calories calories that you are consuming. So during this final luteal phase, you know, less fasting is probably better 12 hours or less. Um, I think it's probably a good place to be and can really support your hormonal balance. And I just want to reiterate that intermittent fasting is just one tool for fat loss. Remember that there's a lot of different ways to lose weight. And if you are a woman who is still having a menstrual cycle, even though there are, you know, good and bad times to practice intermittent fasting longer and shorter, I don't think it needs to be exact. You should definitely feel out like how these fasting windows make you feel and how your body responds to them. And if you're not fasting at certain times during the month, so at ovulation and in the luteal phase, it doesn't mean that you're not making progress. You actually might be supporting your body and your hormones in a better way and not stressing out your body. So this is a way to really hack your cycle in intermittent fasting to get the best results. I think you actually might feel better too if you are working with your cycle instead of against it. So try this out. Let me know what you think. Definitely leave a comment if you have opinions on fasting in your cycle and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And of course, these are general guidelines based off that, you know, basic 28 day cycle. So, you know, try this out and of course, you know, play with it, adjust as needed. And, you know, certain days, this intermittent fasting is going to work great. You're going to feel amazing. And other days, you know, you might need to shorten that window or eat a little bit more, but of course, you know, listen to your body. As I always say, we're not robots. We are not supposed to eat. <laughs> 
and exercise and act the exact same way every single day. And especially when you're involving some hormones, it takes a little bit of trial and error and really tuning into that biofeedback and how your body is responding. So all this to say, this is general recommendations. Try it out, see how you feel. And I hope this was helpful. So if you really want to optimize your hormones and fat loss efforts, I have a great freebie for you. It's called Six Signs of Hormonal Weight Gain and What to Do About It. So it gives you some signs and symptoms of hormonally driven weight gain, as well as some food lists as far as what to eat and some recipes to help you really optimize your nutrition and and fat loss effort. So grab it below. So if you enjoyed this video and found it helpful, please take a second to like it and subscribe so you are notified when future videos are released. <laughs>